0: Here at Future Tech, we love startups, and today we're going to be talking with an early-stage company with an idea that could one day solve a big problem in the industry. We've talked about the massive shift to subscription and consumption-based models before, but with all of that comes enormous challenges in managing all of those subscriptions. Today, we're going to talk to a company that is building a platform to solve that problem. So stay tuned. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Future Tech video podcast. Today, we're gonna to be talking about something that I have been wanting for a long time now. We have with us Akash Kanalkar, one of the founders of Octane, a company that is building a SaaS consumption subscription billing platform. And I am excited to talk to this company because the total addressable market for this product is huge. And where they could take this is really exciting. And I can't wait to learn more. Welcome Akash. Hey, how you doing, Chris? Great to see you. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's, uh, it's great to see you. Um, so, you know, I just want to start out with, you know, like, what, what was the problem you saw in the market that you're like, I can solve this problem?
1: Yeah, no, ab- absolutely appreciate the question. Uh, it, it really actually, st- there's just a lot of interesting moving pieces that are happening. We're seeing, uh, one, massive trends, a couple of them being first product, product-led growth. We've seen so many fast-growing, successful businesses coming from doing a proper PLG motion, thinking Calendly, Slack, Datadog. These companies are uh, offering their services, pay-as-you-go, start using the product, grow into it, Uh, and just through the popularity of these businesses has lent itself to moving towards a consumption-based model, usage-based billing model. Uh, You look at... Uh, you look at some of the biggest companies now the past decade, some of the biggest IPOs, they're all actually offering a consumption-based billing model. Uh, We think about AWS, Datadog, uh, even like the the more recent massive IPOs such as Snowflake, all of them offer consumption-based billing models. So that was the huge trend that was happening in the industry. Now, I started to talk to lots of SaaS companies to understand what it really means to implement uh, a proper PLG motion, uh, implement consumption-based billing. And the consistent contention I saw was that engineers were having a lot of trouble actually implementing usage-based billing for their SaaS product. Uh, If you look all the way out to a post-IPO company like Twilio, they have hundreds of billing engineers supporting their consumption-based billing model. So, and if you think about smaller, smaller startups, they've spent months just to get something out the door. So I saw that as a really significant problem from an engineering perspective. From a product perspective, we also saw significant issues in being able to actually determine what are good price points to charge on a usage-based billing model. If you think about it traditionally, subscription-based, you charge a flat fee month to month. That's just $1 amount. But with the usage-based billing model it's highly variable you're charging based on the real-time consumption of your product as you can imagine it becomes a way harder a way harder problem to price on so uh the long story short is it's really a product and engineering problem that we've seen
0: yeah and i'll say one of the things that we've seen too you know because we work a lot with the vc community and from an investment perspective uh, they want to focus on companies that have a self-service model, right? That it's a, it's a credit card swipe kind of self-service, consumption-based model. And those are the companies that they're really putting the money and investment into. And, you know, like having something like this to sort of make that go, I think, is, is certainly significant, right?
1: That's the thing. Exactly. That's the thing that we're seeing is self-service is becoming the predominant way to offer your product to customers and grow. And obviously self-serve goes hand in hand with usage-based billing.
0: Tell us about Octane, what is
1: Octane? What have you created? So stemmed from the problem that I've described before, Octane helps companies implement consumption-based billing. Uh, And we we do the whole suite from helping companies with the metering, helping companies price on those meters and ultimately bill their end customers. That's what Octane does.
0: And so how, how, like for a company that's built a product, like how does that get integrated?
1: There's a lot of contention between product and engineering. So engineering creates the instrument, pretty much creates a homegrown system to actually track usage across all meters, uh, facilitate the ability to actually create price plans. So there's ETL that happen, happens, mo- converting that usage into revenue, and then finally having an accurate bill at the end of the month. So engineers build this whole entire system in a homegrown, in a homegrown way. And obviously, they ultimately patch to the preferred payment gateway provider, say Stripe. Now, what ends up happening is the product person will go back to the engineer and say, you know what? You're tracking uh, compute today, but we actually want to now charge based on compute and storage. So then the engineer goes hmm. back, has to now meter compute as well as storage, um, and there's a bunch of new instrumentation that needs to happen. Then the product person says, hey, we actually want to now change the way that we're pricing. We found that the the first pricing model doesn't work. We now want to offer the first for example, hundred API requests free because we're doing this promotion, you need to implement this in the engineering system. so there's there's this constant handoff that happens between engineering and product. Uh, with octane, what we do is we've separated those two uh, separated those two flows. So all engineering has to do is send usage, and they send usage to octane. Uh, and octane does a really good job of s- storing, aggregating that usage. Um, in a time series database, now the product person or whoever owns monetization, they go into our no code UI and actually create metered price plans based on based on those the metrics that the engineers have sent and they deploy it against their set of customers for billing so if for example, product person does realizes wait a second, we actually wanna change our pricing to this new model, they can do that through the UI. They don't need to go back to the engineer and say, engineer, please make this and this change.
0: What does that look like to the end user, to the consumer of the product?
1: Yeah, ultimately it's a detailed bill. Uh, at the end of the day, the end consumer uh, needs to see what what their usage is and what their spend looks like. Um, there's there's obviously a really good story that we're working through to actually now also empower the end user to get the the best visibility into their spend and usage. Um, obviously, the if, if we think about how we use AWS, the AWS Cost Explorer, it's a bit of a disaster. <laughs> yeah. As as a future roadmap, we want to also enable much better visibility so people don't have that frustrating experience with any SaaS.
0: Well, and I I think you know that's sort of the key to all this, right? Because the people who are paying the money. Are are ultimately the you know the people you gotta you gotta serve, um, and and I think that you know the thing that's interesting to me about this is, you know, I, I I think you're you're providing a much needed service today, but you know the potential for what where this could go is what I think is so exciting. You know when you when you think about it because one of the things you know that that that's uh, been missing in all of this is this sort of SaaS sprawl. I mean, we have clients that, you know, have 2,000 plus SaaS partners, right? And managing all of that billing is just brutal. And if there was, you know, sort of a platform that came out and sort of standardized all that and consolidated all of that, there's tremendous value in that, I see.
1: The big win here ends up being for the end user. The reason you actually see a pretty significant lag in usage-based billing across the enterprise software stack is because one, it's, it's really hard. (laughs) It's really hard to implement. And what's an easy thing to implement flat monthly fees, but obviously the end consumer can oftentimes lose because they'll end up having significantly underutilized enterprise software. I mean, we can all relate to the feeling of using software and not using it, uh, buying software and not using it or being on a subscription that we're stuck with. Um. Obviously, today we're focused on the enterprise software space because there's just <laughs> there's so much work to be done there. But um, I do see, you know, opportunities beyond that in the consumer space.
0: You know, and I've said this to you before when we were talking. I, I mean, you know, ultimately, I think, you know, the TAM for this product is, is enormous because everything is becoming, you know, as a service, even hardware is, is as a service these days. Right. Um, but but even beyond that. You know, like the potential to create a marketplace around this, where you are sort of the the point where people go to to you know like make these purchases, you know, as a sort of consolidated central marketplace for all of these goods and services potentially. Um, you know, when you look at it that way, you know, one could say is Octane sort of a a a a, a young Amazon starting out, you know, almost. You know, I'm sure you'd love to ha- love to be that, but, you know,
1: what our focus is and, and we see that the, there's a few there's a few positive effects that happen from that. We want to give we want to just make it really easy for so- software companies to build very flexibly, because yeah. ultimately, like you said before, there's there you have what thousands of SaaS partners, the, the SaaS. First of all, the SaaS, the entire SaaS industry is expanding like crazy. So yeah. competitiveness is becoming hu- is becoming huge, and and ultimately, who's winning the cus- the customer is going to choose the best billing model, yeah. point blank. End of the end of the day. At times, there's like five API companies that are doing the same thing, some ML thing, or some you know whatever the, whatever it might be. Uh, they're going to choose the one that has the most friendly billing billing model, the most effective billing experience, and obviously with the usage based. Pays you go model they can try it they can see which product they love and they can continue to use it and adopt it so yeah yeah, i mean i mean that's that
0: that's what we find really exciting and i apologize for you know trying to make you into the next amazon but uh i know you got a lot a lot on your plate right now (laughs) might be a little bit much
1: (laughs) yeah i mean obviously there's yeah there's uh there's, there's all, yeah. There's obviously steps towards doing that, but not something uh, we think about today. Yeah.
0: It's sort of that uh, that South Park joke about the underpants <laughs> gnomes. It's you know, build this and you know, question mark profit. Uh, you got to, you still got to build all that, right? So, yeah, we, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna undervalue how complicated and hard that is.
2: <laughs> I think what's going to be really interesting from a customer perspective and the ability to um, justify this kind of a purchase is. Customers are going to see a tremendous value and just pay for what you use. Period. You know, just that value proposition. And if you're done with the product, you're done with it. Get rid of it. You know, either you know you don't need to have this long dramatic you know uh, dramatic you know. Hey, we're done with uh, your your solution. And here's our you know separation agreement or whatever. You know, it's like use it <laughs> when you want it give it back when you don't and you know exact and you're paying for the value that you're actually getting because because i look at that i think about that and just think about how many apps i have on my phone that i don't use a lot like i have a golf app a gps app i golf maybe you know these days not that much but i'm paying nine bucks every month to have that app you know I'd rather just use it well, pay for it when I use it.
1: And, well, and that's really interesting. There's actually, it's actually a win-win situation here, which is totally beautiful. I mean, yes, you're paying this golf app every month, you know, $9 a month. They might think, they might be thinking in their heads, this is, this is amazing. Sandesh is, is using, is, is, is using my app. He's, I can report to my investors that I have this monthly active user that's paying us but in in reality you're not using you're not using their product you're actually just you're paying for it and what's ultimately going to happen is you're going to cancel your subscription and you're going to be a churned customer which for a software company is a terrible thing you don't want to have a bunch of customers churning i mean great they're paying but at the end of the day you want customers to love your product that you want your customers to continue to use more of your product so with a usage based billing model you're really tying customer happiness to the money you make, and if they start to have decreased usage on your platform, um, that that should tell you something. That should inform your customer success teams that hold on. We need to spend more time with Sandesh. We we need to probably have a you know send him a golf tip or something, <laughs> and let him know that, um, and let him know that. Hey, like this is this is useful to you. You should use this app and help him get value on the app because if if you if you can help your customers get value on your product, they won't leave it and they'll actually spend more with you, which is ultimately the goal of businesses, so.
2: Yeah, and that's a good point because then it forces all these product vendors to continuously innovate and continuously get better, right? Um because it's going to get really competitive in that space then.
1: And and it goes back to my uh, when I mentioned product-led growth, which is a huge part of this, why we're seeing this as such a big trend, this new move to usage-based billing, is companies are now successfully upselling new features. If you, if you, for example, are a SaaS company, you offer this new cool AI prediction thing. Uh, I mean, you you have you have the golf product, but now you have this new AI. I don't I don't know what that would be in in golf terms, but just bear with me. <laughs> uh, you offer this new cool feature that does some predictions on your golf swing. I don't know. Um, if you're actively using that golf product, you're like, okay, I want to use that thing as well. And if you're charging based on usage, it's a very seamless experience. It's like, okay, I've switched on the golf predictions. And at the end of the next month, that just gets included in the bill. There's no conversations. You don't don't have to talk to a sales rep. You're just using it. You're using more of your, you're using more of the product. You've gotten more value from the product. You're spending more. Everyone's happy.
0: I think the other thing that's really interesting in that is the ability to 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 do some early intervention when you start to see the numbers or the usage slipping a little bit?
1: Exactly. At the end of the day, our objective is to to re- reduce churn. No one wants no one wants customers leaving you. If you're if you're a happy customer, your bill grows. That's fine. Um, if you're a sad customer, your, your usage will pretty much start to drop, and that means that we need some inter- the enterprise. It should they should the customer success team should be notified. They can now fix that.
0: So, I mean, we talked about really detailed billing for for the end user, but what what kind of what kind of information can the the, the provider of the service or product um, get from from this?
1: Yeah, uh, a lot of so we we have extreme granularity in terms of uh, usage, uh, revenue breakdowns based on different meters. Uh, so from an analytics perspective it's uh, i mean i mean it's an absolute heaven you can see almost real time uh, real-time revenue of all your customers uh which is i mean there's 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 nothing there's nothing like that uh, out there in the space being able to literally see your revenue tick for all your customers um and yeah we we just, i mean we just give our we give our customers really amazing analytics Uh, both on the usage and revenue dimensions, because what you can also do as a vendor is you can say, hold on, maybe we're pricing the wrong way. Hmm. So we, we give, uh, in our product, we have, we've give customers the ability to actually experiment and try different meters. That's Uh, interesting. And so, uh, let's say, you know, you're an API company and you're charging based on, uh, you know, you're charging based on just a uh, number of API requests, but you realize maybe you should be charging based on number of photos upload, uh, uploaded. I, I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. throwing something, throwing something out. So you can actually test both of those things in our system. And you can say, you know what, if you actually charge based on number of photo upload photos, photos uploaded, you would make X more in revenue. Mm. And um, I mean, as you can imagine, that's, that's the challenge in a usage-based billing model. It's like, okay, I'm going to pick a bunch of, I'm going to pick a bunch of meters, which I want to charge my customers on, put some random really small dollar amount, like half a cent per photo upload or half a cent, quarter of a cent per API request, I don't know. And I'm going to just hope that comes out to a monthly bill that's reasonable. (laughs) Uh, So from an analytics perspective where we give our customers, a lot of capabilities. Like, okay, let me experiment with this. Let me try this against historical usage. Let me try this against forecasted usage. So
0: so can can you get like a threshold-based alerting uh, on both ends, actually, I would assume? Because, you know, if you're doing consumption-based as a consumer, you know, you may want to know like, wow, I've already hit, you know the number I don't want to go over for this month and and subsequently like if, if, if there's like a decline in, in sort of billings on, on from the you know the provider end, you know is that something that they can yeah work with?
1: And, and, and that's part of that customer success experience, right It's like you there's tons of horror stories about companies using cloud providers and just getting ridiculous bills. So having yeah. some sort of foothold on when you hit thresholds and when you hit certain limits is extremely important to end users and also to, to the vendor. I mean, as you can imagine, that notification will be relevant to a customer success person. It'll be relevant to your end customer. It could be relevant to a salesperson. I mean, that one notification like, okay, you've just exceeded your free your free limit or you've exceeded your tier one band and now you're going to be charged this new amount, Um So yes, we do. We actually, we, we're, we're really integrated into the ecosystems. We have integrations with Slack. We have integrations with SendGrid. Um, So we make it really easy to just be notified on certain relevant events.
0: Uh, So that's interesting. So like you can feed those events right into like a Slack channel so that everybody can kind of jump on, on the problem.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not just, it's not just, it's not noise because it's, it's, it's notifications with relevant business context, right? We, the product person creates price plans. So with business context, you're able to say, and the uh, the engineer sends customer usage. So you have a lot of really awesome business context that could, that you can actually trigger into Slack, into SendGrid, however you want to do it.
2: From a sales perspective, I just want to clarify something because I, I want to make sure I understand it. Who is actually buying your software. Are you selling to the SaaS providers, or are you actually selling to the customer that is buying all these SaaS solutions? Yes.
1: So we are selling. We are selling to the SaaS provider. I mean, it's a great question. We're we're selling to the SaaS provider.
2: So you're selling uh, to the actual I, OEM.
1: We're selling to the toolios of the world, the Datadogs of the world, the Slacks of the world. Got it. Um, and in, empowering those. Those saAS companies to to effectively charge their end users
0: and and you got to think this is a this has got to be really valuable to them because this is a piece that they would have to build into their platform otherwise right yeah and that's that's not a, a that's not an insignificant undertaking
1: there's uh publicly documented uh, m- m- significant billing mistakes that are made by you know, large, large software companies that do consumption-based billing. So you can only imagine uh, how often errors happen even for for a lot younger companies of any range.
2: So you, I'm just trying to understand, now Now I understand why the startups and a lot of these software companies are going to gravitate towards what you're doing. What is the value that then ultimately the customer, the the end users get do they just get access to your solution via the SaaS provider, um, and how are you getting all that data and analytics from the customer side?
1: So the benefit to the end customer is that now their software, their software, their SaaS purchases are usage based. Traditionally, if they were going to shop around for SaaS products, they'd they'd probably get the option of an annual deal. Pretty, it's still very very common place. To buy software and say the sales rep will tell you it's going to be ten grand a year, and that's it. That's the only option we have. Or it's going to be hundred grand a year. Yeah. But with Octane, because SaaS companies are now adopting Octane, they can offer to their customers usage-based. So the benefit the benefit to the end customer is now they have usage-based billing as an option to, to consume software. It's 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 a bit. It, Sorry if I was that was a little tricky, but um, we're building for, we're building for the we're building for the seller, not for the buyer. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah. yeah. But obviously, the buyer benefits. So.
2: Yeah, the buyer, and so that, that's what I was wondering because you're getting you're getting good information out of their environment, right? When you're when you're collecting that analytics, it'd be interesting. You know, I'm sure if I was the customer, I'd like to know, you know, what what's your report showing? What are we using? How are we using it? What are those trends?
1: I mean, that's part of our roadmap. So, making that customer the end customer experience amazing yeah uh, so
2: so transparent it'd be so transparent
1: right that's one of the gripes that um, people have with usage based billing I'm not here to d- say it's all roses right um, and I'm happy to also <laughs> talk about um, some of the contentions um but yeah, one of the issues is obviously it's it's highly var- it's highly variable and um a lot of times, People, customer, and customers don't have the, de- the details. The devil's in the details. They just get this bill that said, "Okay, I, I mean, I guess I used this X amount of your software." So, um, what's really important in a usage-based billing model is to be highly transparent in how your end customers are, um, you know, are, are consuming your software. Uh, and th- that's part of that's part of uh, that's part of what we're that's part of our roadmap.
0: And and I, I think, you know, the other piece of this is it sounds like it's all sort of real time as well. So, I mean, as a consumer, if you, you needed to to see where you, it's like, did I use a ton last week? What happened last week? You know, you could go in and check out, check on that, right?
1: It's all super real time. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 what's amazing about it. And um, everything's very real time. So you can see uh, the, the vendor can now today see, okay, what is my revenue at this given moment, <laughs> What is the accrued revenue? And yeah, we're we're building towards a world where the end customer can get that experience as well.
0: If somebody wanted to, you know, like in, integrate this into their into their product, you know, what what would they need to do? They, you know, who should they contact, and how should they, uh, you know, approaching and get going? Yeah, with I mean, this? you
1: can get started on our website, um, and we have we have a we have an API that you just we have a self service experience. You log in, um, get started. So the product person can just go in and. You know, like I said, we're selling to self-service companies. We have a self-service product
0: consumption model.
1: Yeah, yeah. Exa- <laughs> I mean, yes. Um, they just get they just get started, uh, sign up, create create price plans, and and the engineer. We have an API, so you just send you just send usage.
0: You know, I, obviously, I, I laid out a, a really grandiose plan for you, but you know, there's uh, there's something in between. So what what's next for you guys? What's what's on your radar?
1: We're laser focused on empowering the product people. And simplifying the engineer's life—that's that's our main objective for the foreseeable future. Um, and I mean, there's there's a lot of companies that specifically need help in that area, so we're laser focused <laughs> there. Obviously, down the road, like I said, uh, there's a lot of opportunity to now empower the end users of of this products by giving really detailed visibility into spend. Um, so just the customer success experience. Yeah, we see we see opportunities to help every single stakeholder in the org uh, because it does touch every stakeholder in the org so that's that's our long-term objective
0: well Akash I, I thank you so much for coming on and, and telling us about octane I mean you know like, I obviously I'm excited about <laughs> the direction that your product could go in. And uh, I'm really excited to see what you do with it. And I think this is solving a problem that a lot of companies have.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Yeah, man, good luck. Thanks, thanks, Anish.
0: Thanks for watching. I would love to hear from you in the comments. And if you like what you saw, give us a like and consider subscribing. And I will see you in the next video.